Hi, my name is Richard Rossner. I am, well, I'm not going to tell you my age because I live in Hollywood, but I do come from New Jersey originally. I was born in Perthamboy, New Jersey, and I am an actor. I'm also a writer, and I am also a narrator for ParCast. I have many shows on the ParCast network and on Spotify, including Unexplained Mysteries and Dictators. Hi, I'm Rala Khan. I'm born and raised right here in Los Angeles from Hollywood, California, actually. And I am known as a humor consultant. I teach humor, healing, and hope in my company, which is called The Power of Play, where we play with the purpose so that we can laugh more, play hard, and die less. Rala and I have been married for 33 and a half years, but who's counting? Richard and I dated for three months. We got engaged, and then we got married six months after that. If I had to describe our love story, I would say laughter is our aphrodisiac. Welcome to Our Love Story, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every week, a real couple recounts how they met, how they fell in love, and the biggest moments of their relationship. Now, let's hear their love story. This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad, too, so let's get right to it. The new Moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money Maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. My dating life before I met Rollo was, well, what every young actor was doing in Los Angeles at that time, just trying to get laid. Los Angeles at that time was, it was the mid-70s, and it was a crazy place. You could go out and you could meet people all day long, all night long, and the theater was a great place to really interact with people. And I read an ad in one of the uh, show business newspapers that they were looking for people to apply for an improv company called The Groundlings. So I applied and I got in. Before I met Richard, I was was being sought after by many eligible bachelors in town, but it was completely not serious. I mean, I never really actually thought of getting married, to be quite frank. I thought that I would have lots of long-term relationships. I had quite a few long-term relationships prior to meeting Richard. So I was a very good relationship person. Not so great in the short term. I like to protract the pain and suffering a little bit longer than necessary just to make sure that I had something to share with my therapist at the time. I originally met Rala at the Groundlings. We were in a musical 
improvisation class. And Rollo was going with the guy who started the company, Gary Austin. So as far as I was concerned, it was hands off. But I do remember very clearly, she always had this smile and laugh that I just loved. Cut to eight years later, after just getting tired of the dating scene, it just wasn't getting me where I wanted to go. And I really was on a mission to find somebody to spend the rest of my life with. I attended an AIDS benefit and I got there a little early because I wanted to be able to see who was going to be there. And so I spotted this woman across the, the, the floor and I recognized her. I said, I know her. She looks familiar. I don't, but who is she? I, I don't know. I was ready to veer off and not make a complete idiot out of myself when she looked up at me and smiled and nodded. Then I knew I had to go over and say hello. Each step was like the Bataan Death March. Who is it? I'm going to look like an idiot. The only thing that came to mind was a gigantic capital R. So in my most debonair, suave, sophisticated voice, I said, Hi, you're a... Rula. You said Rula. Rula? Like Rula Lenska had this commercial. Roll. And then I said... Rala. Rala. Yes, you're Rala. (laughs) And she said, you're Richard. I said, yes, I am Richard. (laughs) Then I realized who she was. And the first question after that was, so, are you still seeing Gary? And she said, no. And he said, can I have your number? And I said, sure. And he said, I'm going to call you on Wednesday. And wouldn't you know, he called on Wednesday. Okay, our first date. So I went to my mom's and my grandmother lived in the same building and they were hovering at the door, at the window actually, waiting for Richard to pull up to the gate. And he got out of the car to hit the button and he was wearing, I remember it well, a lavender sweater. He looked so adorable and he had one beautiful rose with him. And my mother turned to me as she looked at him and he went, oh, he is really darling. Do not screw this up. I remember he asked what kind of food I liked, and I said vegetarian, and that's when he let me know that he was one too. And I said, well, why don't we go for vegetarian? And this was my neck of the woods. He was a valley guy, and I lived in West L.A. And so I suggested Good Earth, which was right by UCLA, which is right near where I was living. And we went to Good Earth, and it was so much fun. And here was the cool thing. I got a chance to see and test the water. And one of the things that was super important to me was if I ordered something different than the guy I was with, I would like to taste what he ordered. And every boyfriend prior to this intersection was not a fan of that move. So I asked Richard, this was the test, how he would feel if I I took a taste off his plate. And he gushed and said, not a problem. And I thought, okay, this is yummy. This guy is a keeper. I'm going to go for it. I take my fork and I go, I head into the corner of the walnut cheese loaf he had ordered. And there was where the crispy, crusty, cheese, melty, slightly burned pieces there. And it was calling my name. I grabbed my fork and I took it. I took a bite and I expected Richard to be smiling. But instead, what I saw was shock. I have to say it was more than shock. It was horror, (laughs) horror, absolute abject horror. And as soon as she said, what's wrong? 
I realized I was, I was found out and I had to fess up. My eating habit, I like to save the best for last. So when a plate arrives, I assess the plate and figure out what do I think will be the best last bite. Well, naturally, on the walnut cheese loaf, it's the crusty burnt part. And she took it. She offered it back, but I said, no, no, no. It's yours now. You may have it. And I think that really won her over because I was generous no, it with did. my last bite. At the end of our first date, I pulled the car into Rala's mother's apartment building. And we were sitting there talking for a while. And I looked over and I didn't want to seem rude. And I didn't want to seem aggressive. So I simply looked at her. And I asked, I said, could I give you a kiss? And she said, yes. And it was delicious. It was like one of those kisses like you see in the movies. And we're in the car. And the fact that he asked permission. Okay, then the fantasy started. I hearkened back to every romantic movie I'd ever seen. And then he did it like clockwork. He took my face in his hands you know, right on the cheeks, and he held it, and he kissed me, and he's got pretty luscious lips. You know, there is no thin-lipped wonder here. This is a guy with full lips, and he used them. This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The proposal I made to Rala was, it was troubled. I had finally decided this was the woman for me. I am going to ask her to marry me. So I asked her out for Saturday night. I figure I'll take her to a really nice restaurant and I'll ask her to marry me there. And I said, Rala, let's go out to dinner on Saturday. Rala said, no, I think we should break up. Huh? She was so upset because, in her mind, we didn't seem to be going anywhere. In fact, she said, look, Richard, we're not living together. Oh, I, I asked. I thought, okay, now I can get out of my mom's. This is going to be easy. Perfect. You know, the two years was enough. I'll just transition. We'll live together. We'll see how that goes. And so I said, so when are we going to live together? He goes, we're not. The next person I live with will be my wife. So Rala said, oh, okay, well, are you asking me to marry you? I said, no. She said, well, could you let me know if you're going to ask me to marry you? I said, that would be the same as asking you to marry me. I, no, I will ask you if and when I am ready. Oh, that annoyed me. She wanted to break up right there. And I was desperate. I said, look, I just got this job. I want to celebrate. You're the only person I would want to celebrate. Please just go out to dinner with me Saturday night. 
she finally relented. We went out to Ivy by the shore. I didn't realize that the tables were so close to each other. There was a guy and a girl sitting at the table right next to us. And every time something would arrive at the table for me to eat, he was kind of bending over. He was actually in our table space, looking at it like, hmm, that's nice. I didn't feel like asking Rala to marry me with this guy over my shoulder. So I realized I can't do it here. I have to do it. We'll drive up the coast. What a great idea. I'll find a nice big parking lot on the beach side and we'll be looking out at the expanse of ocean. This will be so romantic. We finished eating. We got into the car. We started driving and each parking lot was locked and blocked off. And I did not know what I was going to do. I didn't know what he was thinking. Obviously, I didn't know. And it was starting to annoy me. And then he he takes us up to the Palisades. Well, finally, I remembered there was a place in the Palisades that I knew of that I could pull off and it would look out over the ocean. So I figured this is the perfect place. I turned to ask her to marry me. And this is what I heard. She was snoring. She was sleeping. I didn't want to disturb her sleep. I thought that would be awfully rude. So I waited a few minutes, and finally she got up. She woke up, and I had her sit up a little bit straighter in her chair, and I looked into her eyes, and I said, Rala, I love you very much. Will you marry me and be my wife? There was a long pause, and Rala said, What? What? What did did you... Did you, just, did you just ask me to marry you? Say it again. I figured, okay. Rala, I love you very much. Would you marry me and be my wife? Then she kind of sat up. She shook her shoulders. She straightened out. She was doing what I know she does to get present to the moment. She said, ask me again, please. Ten times I had to ask before I finally got an answer. I had to get it. I had to feel it in my heart. I had to feel it where my intuition lives. I had to have a whole body experience of being proposed to. I remember when I had said to him before, like, are we going to live together? And, you know, we were sort of going through this kerfuffle. I love that word about whether we were getting married or not married and why he wouldn't tell me. I said to him, I go, you know, well, okay, if you ever do ask me, I'm not going to say yes right away. I'm just telling you that right now. It might take weeks. It could take, I, who knows, but I'm just giving you fair warning. So now back to when he actually asked me and I asked for those 10 times, my experience of my experience while I was experiencing it was that, okay, this is it. This is me making him say it 10 times. And I'm thinking, I don't have to wait a week. I can tell him now this is a good enough I can pick up the pace a little bit. I've had the experience I just was proposed to. I turned to Richard and I went, I really don't want to tell you this right now because I said I was going to wait. But, okay. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about the wedding. What was nice prior to actually having the wedding was the nuances that make a wedding, I guess, a wedding, since I'd never done it before. One of our, well, he became our friend, but one of my dearest friends was a musician. He became the Emmy Award-winning 
writer of that Seinfeld song, my friend Jonathan Wolf. And I remember we went out to dinner. It was about a month before the wedding. And we were figuring out the band and the music and all that stuff. And Jonathan said, okay, I'm going to take care of that. That's going to be your wedding gift. That's when it got really real. Now we're in the home stretch. Helen Hunt was one of my bridesmaids which was really great. And Helen was going to be singing to Richard When You Wish Upon a Star. We planned that all out. It was, you know, all of these nuts and bolts that prepare you for the wedding became real. The honeymoon that we took, it had to be delayed because I was working on a TV show on She's the Sheriff at the time. So we delayed it and we decided to go to Sandals in Jamaica. And... Before we did that, we decided we would go to the Florida Keys and go to the Dolphin Research Center and swim with some dolphins, which was a lot of fun. They had shows and all kinds of fun things to do, but there was a guy who worked the show, and he was a dancer, and he was the costumer, and he was the choreographer, and he was the talent. He was everything. His name was Miko Blanco, and I sneaked away from Rala one evening and I found him backstage. Rala loves Carmen Miranda. She just loves the beautiful colors, the vibrancy, the fruit, everything. So the fruit on the head, I guess, is what you would call it. Well, I asked Miko Blanco if he could make Rala an outfit in the style of Carmen Miranda. And while we were there, son of a gun, he sewed the most wonderful outfit for Rala. And when I brought her back to try it on, she could not believe it. She couldn't believe it. It was shocking. He had snuck away during a floor show to say that he was going to the men's room. And he was gone. And that's when this connection to Miko happened. But when Miko knocked on our door and came to give me a fitting, I was gobsmacked isn't even the right word. I was just floored that this lovely human, my husband, had heard me. And I loved her so much, and I have the costume to this day, and I will bring it out when we have something to go to, and it looks fantastic. It fits like a glove, and I remember where it came from, because it, these kinds of treasured moments, like the effort that Richard made to make this happen for me, is exactly the way he behaves to this day. What I love most about Rala, this may sound a little weird, but I love hearing her laugh. I love her laugh. It just, it bubbles up inside of me. In fact, I remember one evening I was sitting reading a book and I heard her <laughs> in the den with the television on. I don't know what the show was, but every few seconds she would roar with laughter and I was just so filled with love. But that was a moment I didn't share it with her because I was sitting alone. But I felt so connected. And I knew that this was the right place. I mean, it was a perfect moment. Richard is one of the kindest. This sounds so cliche, but it's, I guess that's where cliches come from, huh? because it's an overused way to describe something hard to describe. I say sometimes that there's a word in Sanskrit that describes you, but not in the English language, because you are such a great human being, just 
It blows my mind that Richard cares as deeply as he does about making this world a better place, and it's not just words. I also am excited about the way we work together. We live together, we love together, and we also work together, and that we get to do it together. We get to create and dance. Richard's a really good dancer, by the way. Another very important thing. He can dance and we dance. We're one of those couples that dance and then the room parts. I love it. But I do love that about you. I love that you were the one guy that said yes to being willing to dance with me. Thanks for listening to our love story. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and on Twitter at ParCast Network. For more episodes of Our Love Story, follow us on Spotify and check out other ParCast originals, all available on Spotify. Our Love Story is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from ParCast. It was created by John Cohen. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. It's produced by John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and associate produced by Alex Trigvedotter.